1: Welcome back to Woodburn Corner, the West Palmage Albion podcast brought to you by Albion fans at the Birmingham Mail. I am Graham Brown and this is Joe Chapman.
2: Good afternoon, Graham. How are you?
1: I am brilliant and all the better for what is going to be a belting podcast this week. We have been speaking to Carlton Palmer, who's got some incredible stories about uh, his time at the Albion, uh, his time playing football under the influence of alcohol and some pretty pointed views about uh, players who've got a lot of uh, Caps for England who he reckons is better than that. It's 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 a really good interview second portion of the podcast is uh, it's about time I get uh, put to the sword. Joe, what's happening?
2: I'm going to be asking you a question from each of albums last 15 years to test your knowledge and basically just to see how much of an album fan you really are.
1: So I've got no idea what's coming, but I've been an Albion fan for 30 years. Uh, a bit of a lapsed one lately, a bit having children and so on. So we'll just see how we get on, and, and you'll learn that, uh, that you know more about the Albion than the person who hosts this podcast. The podcast, incidentally, is going really well. Lots and lots of people listen to it, but, uh, but if you like it, please tell your friends. Uh, we've got loads of great things coming up. This is, this is the podcast where we ask the questions of the dressing room. We don't ponce around with, should this have been a corner or should this have been a penalty or so on. We ask people the questions you want to hear the answers to. We've got some great guests coming up. It's going to be good, isn't it, Jeff? I'm
2: particularly excited about one or two guests that we're going to have lined up. But generally speaking, it's going really, really well. And uh, long may that
3: continue.
1: Absolutely. But first of all, we've got Carlton Palmer. So we were speaking to our football editor, Matt Kendrick. I uh, hope you enjoy it.
3: Tell me one funny story that from, your, from your career as a footballer. What put what, what, you on the spot again? What would it have be? been?
0: Well, it would have been the, the, the one that's in the book about the QPR game. I mean, that was quite surreal, really. Um, it wasn't planned. Uh, it wasn't preempted, and you know, I was stitched up by Wadler and Woods. They both <laughs> knew that they weren't playing, and um, you know, I thought we were all in the same boat until the team was named on the Saturday, and you know, but as it, 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 as I say, it is what it is. I so was, what's the deal then?
3: Not without giving too much away. To, to talk us through to anybody who's not, not ready. Well, we
0: had a game. We're playing QPR uh, New Year's New Year's uh, Day. And um, we went down to London the day before. He here at Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, we went down to London the day before, but Trevor lived in London, so he went back to his 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 house, and uh, we we got down there at lunchtime, and the, the game's not till the following lunchtime. So we, we the lads were going to go and have a, a few drinks at, a, 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 at the pub that was local. Um, and it ended up in a session so 4 o'clock in the morning I'm coming out Tramp's nightclub and we've got a game at 12 o'clock against QPR <laughs> and then we get a team meeting the next morning and them two aren't playing Wadler and Woods they both failed fitness tests they know they weren't playing and I was playing so you know uh, it, was a, it was a nightmare because you know but we ended up winning we were on a on, you know 19 game unbeaten and run and you know as you, you, you do you you, you at the end of the day, I knew what I was doing, but when it comes down to it's time to play, the whistle goes, you get on with it, you do what you've got to do. It makes no difference. And I, as I say in the book, if alcohol had, had affected my performances and the way I trained, yeah. I would have knocked it on the head. But it didn't. I trained better or played better when I had a drink. And Tell us how Trevor found out. Well, it was... Well, because... We I didn't know, but Woodsy was in there, and like Woodsy knows um, Rod Stewart, and he was in there with his missus, and I, I see some guy with his ear all over the place, and 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 I see what. But and so as we're coming out, we get photographed, but they weren't there for us; they were there for Rod Stewart. It just so happens that we give him a likely story and that well, whatever. was
3: what? <laughs> his back or something, yeah. Woodsy tracks it. No, well I'm missing no
0: tracksuit. The sponsors were happy, but. <laughs> you know yeah so we had to donate some money to charity and and I, but it caused a problem because i think it, it got to a point with Trevor Francis that you know he found that he, he was thinking that Ozard were work to work with but it, it's it, ironic he sold me and then his first job after he got the sack from Sheffield Wednesday at Birmingham, he tried to buy me, make me the first signing for Birmingham.
1: Okay, I told you it was a good story. We're going to be back with uh, with Carlton Palmer in a little bit, uh, but now, as uh, as promised, we are going to spend only ninety seconds talking about the search for a uh, for a new album manager. So, Joe, get the clock ready. I've timed it. I'm ready to go. And okay. on your marks, get set. Button pressed. Right then, Joe Chapman. Who should be the next Albion manager?
2: I'm going to come in uh, short and sweet. I'm going to explain why I think Nigel Pearson should be the new Albion manager. I don't believe that you can restrict yourself to just out-of-work managers. They're free agents for a reason. Uh, Nigel Pearson has recently picked up a job in Leuven, uh, which is in the Belgian second division. Uh, He's won five of his first eight games in charge, lost just the one. Uh, He's obviously got very, very good experience of, of Albion as a club. Coaching under uh, Brian Robson, and the great played a big part in the Great Escape. Uh, and of course, he you know he did a, the Great Escape all by himself with Leicester as well, and kicked off their title charge the, the season after. So. For me, Nigel Pearson,
1: and yourself? Uh, well, I think Nigel Pearson's an altogether too boring choice for, for the <laughs> Albion. I think it's important that we have a firefighter. I don't know whether he is. It. He has got some firefighting experience, as you say. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm, The day after I said that Ronald Koeman should be our next manager, I'm going to throw in the name, Andro Villas-Boas. He's, uh, he's got Premier League experience. He's not a firefighter, but he's 40 now, and he's a 40-year-old manager with seven years' I experience. I believe he's 40. I know. been around he's, forever. He's managed at Spurs, he's managed at Chelsea, and I always like a manager that wasn't any good as a footballer, because that must mean he's somewhere good at management. Managing. So uh, I think I think Nigel Pearson is surely too boring. Well, we've already sacked Andrew Villas
2: Boas, haven't we? He Ooh. was on that long list of names of uh, players we of, of managers that we recently
1: removed from their jobs. This is true. Uh, well, we have five seconds remaining, so I think it's fair to say it's going to be Sam Allardyce anyway. <laughs>
2: right, well, there you go. There it's we are.
1: There's your ninety seconds. Now we move on to what we're uh, Thanks, what we're all about. Let's go back to our interview with Carlton Palmer. This is the bulk of the interview now. He's with us to promote his book. It is what it is. Uh, and this is a bit more about um, his time at the Albion, uh, why he thinks he deserves more at England caps, and uh, and why he thinks he's just as good a player
3: as Gareth Southgate. <laughs> what would a, a typical day have been if you're first team footballer at West Brom Albion in the mid to mid to late eighties? What would it have been like? Well, I would I would have
0: been training in the morning. And then training in the afternoon, and I'd still be at the club at six o'clock half six, finishing my jobs cleaning boots. Dave Matthews, he was like, you know, who was the, the kit man at the time. Yeah. Everything had to be spick and span. And um, yeah, I think that's what's missing with the game today, especially with the young boys. get too much money in there, and, and they don't know they've not had to earn it really, yeah. and that's the problem.
3: What would like, the diet be like? Would you? Would they give you breakfast before you train and stuff
0: like that, or do you have
3: to no. sort yourself out? Yeah. No, there
0: was no, not, not much talk about diet and yeah. fitness and that at that time. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, so I think you alluded to it. Then you get the, you get someone into the office, don't you? You say bully was in there, and you say, um,
0: yeah, Dad Burrows went to Liverpool. What was the, what was the thinking behind it? The club was skint. Is that? Well, I, well, we were all at the training ground at Spring Road and the three of us got told we had to go to the club. So we thought, like... I mean, we used to socialise together, like, you know and, uh, Yeah, we thought, oh, Jesus, what's going on here? And uh, Budgie went in first and he come out he says, we are all being sold, mate, the club's skinned. He said, so I said, where are you off? He said, Liverpool. I said, where am, where am I going? He says, I don't know. He said, but I'm off to Liverpool. So, yeah, so I went in and... Uh, uh, Chelsea and uh, Sheffield Wednesday were in for me
3: So who was it who had the conversation with you then was it the manager who pulled you in or was it
0: uh, I can't remember now I can't remember who, who, who pulled us in but it was it was one of those like you know these clubs have agreed fees for you yeah. choose where you want to go really You know.
3: How did that feel did he just did well, you by well, then realise that's what football is you, yeah. know, you you can't expect too much or to
0: be anywhere forever or... uh, well well you kind of you, you know you want to move on you want to go to a bigger club yeah. you want to be successful yeah. so but it was just a shock because it came out of the blue there was nothing you know Monday morning you're going training and the next minute you get summoned up to the main office and it's like right your way, and I'm sat in the office and speaking to Ken Bates on the phone yeah. do you know what I mean um, but Nobby Stars had said to me he said don't you know uh, don't even entertain and you. get yourself up the road to Sheffield Wednesday with Big Rod um, the theme of, of your
3: book is kind of how you've had to kind of work hard and justify, you know, I know you've always felt like you've belonged in the dressing rooms you've been in, but the feeling I get is a wider perspective is, you know, this kind of, this gangly kid from the, the outskirts of Birmingham. You've not always kind of come across the most fashionable kind of football, have you? Well, that's right. So has that been something that's driven you on?
0: You know, because you've, you've kept some fairly good company on football pitches yeah no I mean I never I don't see it the way uh, other people see it Um, I I knew I was a good player so it didn't really bother me at the time when I was playing because my answer was every weekend I was a consistent player and I was good at what I did but when you retire and you hear that you know and it's not been very often to be fair but like when somebody does a program of the worst players to play for England, yeah. you know, you feel you have to respond yeah. because it's just a cheap shot though, isn't I mean, it? Well, it yeah. is. It's by it's by comedians, okay. but it but it, 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 it then gets gravity because yeah. people then start to jump on the band bandwagon with yeah. it. I mean, I didn't just um, play for England, you know, for a few years. I played for them for a long time. Yeah. I was captain of the England under twenty ones. Yeah. Uh, although I never played at schoolboys, but from the age of 18, 19, nineteen, I've always played for England. Yeah. So it's not like something that. Not a lad, wonder, is that? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I honestly believe that if I'd have um, kept my mouth shut in certain areas, I would have gone on to have uh, sixty or seventy England caps. But I, I was never going to do that. Whenever I got in a position to speak out about stuff, I was always going to to do that. Yeah. You know. But you've got to get in that position first. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I just felt that you know, if, 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 that the people who, who tend to criticise you... I've, I've been in dressing rooms. I've played with Ian Rush, Mark Hughes, Gary McAllister, Chris Waddle. Uh, you you speak to players, Gianfranco Zolo, speak to Ray Wilkins, speak to people like that. Never one of those players has ever, ever criticised me. Yeah. And neither one of them likes playing against me. Yeah. So when people turn around and say, well everybody's entitled to their opinion I'm not bothered about yeah. that if, if, if I'm not somebody's cup of tea but you can't say I was a crap player yeah. you can't say that that's not justified yeah. in any, in any, in, you know, that's not fact yeah. whether I'm your cup of tea or not it's, it's not fact
3: I think again in the book you, you touch on the fact that you know this physique of yours you just used it to such good effect whether it yeah. be the engine that you've got to cover space whether it be the body shape when you're trying to close people down you know, is that something kind of that you just have this work ethic, or is it good coaching, or is it a bit of both that's made you
0: kind of maximise what you've got, really? Well, I would say good coaching. Nobby Styles used to work with me an awful lot, yeah. and shortening my stride, yeah. uh, reading the yeah. game you well. You said that, using,
3: what was that, using car ties just Cartier. to make just running in between them? Yeah, or? to shorten my stride, because yeah.
0: obviously, being big. I'd a, a long stride, yeah. but if you're if you're a defender or you have got to get in and out, you got to have a, you know, you got to shorten that stride. Yeah. So he used to get car tyres out and get me going in and out of the car tyres. And he used to he used to have a saying with me: be in position when you be in position when the balls when you're out of position. And, yeah. he, and he used to always say that to me. Yeah. You know, he taught me a lot of good things. And then as time grew on, I knew my 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 fitness was an asset so I, I worked on that I had to, you know mm-hmm. when I left uh, West Brom Sheffield Wednesday I always had a private yeah. uh, trainer so I used to train two or three evenings and that was something you just took off your own back to I do off that off me, that, yeah. that extra edge yeah um, and so that's why I never suffered a lot of injuries because yeah. I, I worked on things that they're doing now I'd, yeah. I was doing a long time ago by myself touched on Ron being a real mentor for you yeah you've had
3: what if you had four or five spells? Working
0: I, for him? I think I've got, well, I did. West Brom obviously, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Nottingham Forest, yeah. and I should have gone to Aston Villa. The deal was agreed for me to go to Aston Villa, but Is that he was, when you went to Leeds, yeah, he was he was at the World Cup, and um, and 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 the deal was agreed before I went, and I know he was really annoyed with me about it because you know you give your word, you give your word, don't you? Yeah, but Howard Wilkinson. Um, he came through the back door. He agreed the uh, second nice transfer fee in, in the country because Alan Shearer had just gone for th- 3.2 million. I think I went for 2.85 million. Um, and so my guy said to me, "You've got to do the doing the courtesy of speaking to him yeah. as he's made that offer." Yeah. And I liked him straight away. I never signed for football clubs. I signed for managers. Yeah. And uh, I liked him straight away. I liked the way he was, and and it just felt right. And I've been with Ron a long time and I love Ron I I love the way he was and I just felt it was time coupled with the fact that uh, I lived in Sheffield Leeds was closer my kids were settled in school it made sense it just made sense Um, and I'm glad I did it because I I got to meet uh, a really good guy um, and and he did a lot for me my career you know I didn't get capped again for England but I knew that wasn't that was going to happen because the way the media were and Terry Venables took over and Terry Venables is in with the media so that wasn't, that wasn't going to happen whether, you know, uh, I say in the book and it's no disrespect to Gary Southgate he went on to have 60 or 70 England caps but he's not a better defender than me and, and if we were on the open market at the time people would take me over yeah. him but, he, he got, you know, we were at the same time but that, it is what it is, uh, you know. I'm pleased for him, and 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 that's the way it goes, isn't it?
3: What was your next conversation
0: like with Rob when you'd gone to um? Uh, to well, well, you can you can imagine it was it was um, because I, I, I do understand from his point of view, he'd gone off to the World Cup, thought he'd done his business, yeah. and um, and what
3: year was this? I'm losing track of where, where we are. What, what World Cup would that be?
0: I went to Leeds '93, yeah. right? Yeah. So he he went off um, night three, night four. So he went off, thought he'd done his business, and, and, and then and then obviously, um, you know, I apologised to him. He, he, he later understood that you know my kids were settled. I didn't have to. I just had an house built. Um, it, it it was easy for me, but it was not just. It it was not. It was the overall package in terms of, um, um, uh, um, uh Howard Wilkinson as well. Yeah. Um, And they were paying considerably a lot more money than Aston Villa were paying at the time. So, you know, I'm not going to lie about that. You know, at the end of the day, the overall situation was better for me to go to to Leeds.
3: Wasn't there even the case
0: that royalty thought you were on the way to Villa as well? What what was the story Yeah, no, in the cup final, um, the, the Duchess of Kent said to me... Oh, you're you're the one that's off to Aston Villa, and I said, "Well, I haven't quite made up my mind yet, Mark. it has been a bit random. Hasn't yeah, it? I she comes but out, uh, but obviously it's the, been the a brief while. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it took me back a little bit, but I thought at least she's paying interest to me, even royalty there. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. good. Um So, Rob, I know you've touched upon it in here, and I know you're going to get
3: asked about it in every single interview, but obviously there's the Marcel A.E. thing, and I think you came out firmly on the side of Ron because you've, you've worked with Ron over a, a number of years rather than a soundbite that yeah. was set into a microphone. Yeah. What what's your thoughts? Did you did you get some stick from, from fellow got black some, black pros? Yeah,
0: yeah, I got a lot of stick. Um, but but as I say in the book, and I've got nothing against John Terry, he made a racist comment. Oh. I don't condone the racist comment, but I know him as a person. John Terry made the same racist comment. Yeah. Did he not? But he was allowed to continue to play football, Yeah. whereas Ron lost his career over it. Yeah. The thing with John Terry is, you know, this is what I'm saying about the media, Ron was convenient for them at the time because this was now coming to light about the racism yeah. thing and whatever, so Ron was convenient. John Terry, they wanted him to play in the Champions League final, they wanted him to play in the European Championship, kick it out of racism, you know, they they didn't deal with it, they said, oh, this thing, oh, we'll deal with it, they didn't deal with it, hence why, you know, Rio and a few of the other black players refused to wear the T-shirts, so it's kind of a bit hypocritical, you know, he was never going to found, be found guilty. In a, in a court of law for being racist, what he should have done, he should have been banned and fined at the time, yeah. and, and and be made to apologise. Yeah. He's not, a, he, in my opinion. I don't know John Terry. He's not a racist. He made a comment in the heat of the moment, yeah. and I'm not saying it's acceptable. But if you're having a banter on a football pitch, you know, and it's they were going for the league title, you know, I'm sure Anton Ferdinand was giving as good yeah. as he gets. He should, they should have been just made to apologise, get on with it. Yeah. It was dragged out, went to court wasted taxpayers' money because he was never going to be found guilty and in the end it leaves a sour taste in your mouth because here's a chance you've got to stamp out if you're saying racism is in football here's a chance for you to make a stand and you don't and then you get somebody who's made the same comment but loses his career over it so it's a bit of hypocrisy to me because neither one of them are racist and if you're going to talk about Ron and him making a racist comment fair enough Look, look what he's done for black players. In the context of what he's... I mean, you, and, you've, you've said in here, you find him warm, engaging, genuine. Well, in, in the years I've known him, and I'm I'm 52 years of age, and I've known him since I was 16, and I've never ever, in my company, in the dressing room or anything, mentioned about anybody's colour, ever. Yeah. So, for me, you know, but I'm not condoning what he said, yeah. and this is where we have to... We have to uh, you know, but what I'm saying is, I think Ron was convenient at the time, um, and 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 a little bit of a, a scapegoat. Yeah. Um, and I, I, don't know, I was, I feel sorry for him. I, I, he's he's a brilliant uh, pundit. He's he's brilliant. You know, you see some of these people on the TV. No disrespect to David Pleat, but you know, Ron's knowledge of the game and and yeah. and whatever um, brings it to life, doesn't he as well? Cause yeah, he's got it a Colorful turn of phrase as it well. Does, does, you know, it does. It's just you know. Um, so I, w- I was gutted for Ron. I was gutted that players didn't stand up for him. And I, I understand everybody's got to make a living. Yeah. I had to make a living. Yeah. But if something's if something's wrong, you have to stand up. Yeah. You know, I'm not supporting him over the comments he's made because I don't agree with it. But I am supporting him that he's not a racist. And so, therefore, if somebody, you know... Somebody can make a comment in a heat of the moment that doesn't constitute a race. Either. If I turn around and say to you, and I I'll give you this example, if I say to you, "I'm going to kill you," does that make me yeah. a murderer? Now the police might come and investigate me, yeah. but at the end of the day, if I haven't committed a murder, they can't charge me for murder. Yeah, right. So it needs to be in the context of the things he's done, doesn't it, really?
3: And the things he's done, like you said, he's putting forward, you know, correct. With the three degrees anyway you know he's done more for, for what about
0: dwight york what yeah. about people like that who didn't come forward and and stand yeah. up for him yeah john john fashioner um came to Villa run went and defended him in court yeah. you know and this argument is that people used to say to me well well he signed he signed uh you know um black players he signed he signed good players. Yeah. Irrespective of whether yeah. they were black, yeah. Remy Moses, phenomenal yeah. football player. You yeah. know, if he was white, would he have been any different? He's a phenomenal football yeah. player. It's as simple as it is. But I have a you know, racism is a big thing for me. And, and in the in the context of, of the book, I I I um, I, I believe, and I, I firmly believe that if you're the best. I, irrespective of colour, you will get selected. You will get picked. Yeah. And if you're black, you have to be the best. Yeah. So I'm not saying accept it, but it is what it is. And and don't make excuses. Be the best. And if you're the best, I don't believe a manager or a chairman. If I I, I know for a fact, if I came back to UK now, I could get a job in football as yeah. a manager. But I'd have to pitch it at an area that was right. Yeah. You know, if Dwight York's saying what he's saying. With the best will in the world, if Dwight York goes for the Aston Villa job, yeah, you know, and and Steve Bruce goes for the Aston Villa job, and he's got four promotions from the Championship, yeah. and he's got no experience, no nothing, yeah, right? That's, that's not a race thing. Is that's it? that's not racing. Yeah. That's that's you know, it's simple facts. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I get when they say black players. Don't get the opportunities in terms of sacking and getting another job, but they, but that will come around just like when there weren't a lot of black players when football yeah. started. Yeah. Now all the teams are full of black players. The black players are going for you know huge amounts of money, the yeah. top the top fees and whatever. Yeah. You know I didn't hear John Barnes, and I love Barnesy to death. But I didn't hear John Barnes complaining when he was playing football and all the top clubs wanted to sign him in the world. Yeah. And why did they want to sign him? Because he was the best. Yeah. The reason why he doesn't get a manager's job is because, tell me, where he's been successful. Yeah, he's not the best manager. Yeah. On the subject to the best, just touch
3: briefly on, on the England England situation then, because that just must have blown your mind when you realise you've got the privilege of, of, of playing for England. That must have been such a sense of
0: achievement. Well, it, it, it was but it, i i expected it i yeah. i it, it, it was it was late coming yeah i expected oh, well, it he... um when I first played for England, probably about 23 24 yeah. but it but it was late it was late coming the selection was late coming yeah. I, I felt at the time that i you know Sheffield wednesday were one of we're in the top 3 yeah. we're at cup finals we're doing well yeah. you know so the the, the players in those sites, uh, Man United, Arsenal, Sheffield Wednesday, are going to get picked for England. Yeah. So it wasn't mm-hmm. a surprise to me when it came. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit disappointed it hadn't come soon. And when you got that call, was it Graham? Graham Taylor. Graham Taylor, Graham Taylor gave yeah. the, the first yeah. call Yeah.
3: So I think, uh, again, the book turned up. You knew you belonged straight yeah. away. You've been playing yeah. alongside several of the players or yeah. against, against the players. Yeah. So was it. Was it a different level or what 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 did it feel on like, that first introduction to to
0: control well well the, the, the players are obviously better and you you can't make mistakes you can't switch off but I remember Harry who got me into football Harry Maney who I remember him saying to me the first game he said to me Colton pitch is still the same yeah and the balls still the same yeah do what you do yeah. and that's that was it so I did what I did and uh, you know I don't believe uh, Terry Venables can honestly say and on heart when he named the first England squad that I, I, I deserved to be omitted yeah. everybody else was named apart from me yeah. I, I don't know how he can justify that but I knew that beforehand Ronald Run, already told me he said if, if Terry gets a job gr- he's a great coach brilliant brilliant coach and everybody I, I've ever, ever known has said that about mm-hmm. Terry but he said you won't play for England again I went to Leeds United. I went back to centre-back. I was playing the best football of my career yeah. at Leeds United. You know? uh, but it is what it is. I'm delighted. If somebody had told me when I was a snotty little kid, you know, going up at uh, the Hawthorns, I'd get one full international cap, I'd have taken that. So thank you to uh,
1: Colton and to Matt Kendrick for that. That was great. Um, so now it's on to test my credentials as a West Bromwich Albion fan. Uh, so over to you, Joe Chapman, for the quiz. I have asked. One question from each of the last fifteen years.
2: Okay. Pretty much as long as I've been able to remember supporting Albion. Uh, and I'm a lot older than you, so I have no such excuse. Yeah. Well, it's um, it's been our Premier League era, effectively. You know, in in that kind of period of time, right up until the present day. So one question each of the last fifteen years. Are you ready? Let's do this. In two thousand and two three, who was the opponent? when Albion posted their highest attendance of the season?
1: First Premier League season hmm. was... Straight at the Hawthorns. Man United. You're
2: right, it okay. was. That's one
1: for me. I used to care back then.
2: 27,129. I didn't averaging know Averaging about 5,000 less than that at the minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, Albion weren't able to stay in the Premier League that time. So they're back in the Championship. Who scored twice as Albion came from 3-0 down to win 4-3 at West Ham.
1: Rob Hulse, I was there. Were you there?
2: I was indeed. What an amazing day that would have been at an Upton Park. How many points did Albion get during the 2004-05 Great Escape?
1: This is unfair because this is back. It sounds like I know what I'm talking about here. But Albion got 34 points. 34?
2: The they did indeed. That's three. Three out of three for it. This is going to get worse. Do you know what's funny? A couple of years before that, West Ham went down with 42. 42, that's right, yeah. Disgusting. I found that amusing. <laughs> Who was Albion's kit sponsor in 2005
1: 6? Ah. Um. 2005. Now he's six. scratching his head. Two thousand and five, six, oh, I'm gonna have to be quick with this. Um T Mobile. Yes. T Mobile get in.
2: <laughs> Halfway through their deal with T Mobile they were there. Two thousand and seven. Okay. Two thousand six seven rather. Who was Albion's top scorer
1: with twenty three goals? So two thousand and seven was guess, uh um could be some expectation of me to be fast here. Kevin mm. Phillips No it wasn't That's
2: oh. one you got wrong I had uh, to get wrong eventually Narrowly he was beaten actually Kevin Phillips Because he also surpassed 20 But that season uh, It was Diamante Camara Camara I can remember Peter 23 Scored lots of goals against Wolves that year Who did Albion beat in the fourth round of the FA Cup 2007-08 the On round, their way to the
1: semi-finals the fifth round was Peterborough the fourth round was, don't know, Leicester.
2: No, the fourth round was Peterborough. Oh, no! Oh, God. All right, well. Fifth round was Coventry, when we all had a great day at Coventry, and we put five past them. And then we put five past Bristol Rovers in the quarterfinals. Plunker. 2008-9 now, back in the Premier League, Tony Mowry, sexy football. Yeah. Uh, not particularly a sexy finish to the season. How many wins did Albion manage?
1: Mowbray season. Mm. Seven. No, it was eight. Eight. Yeah. Tailed off, in not
2: it? Bottom of the league, but see, as it's getting more and more modern, yeah, you're starting to show your more old-fashioned more, side. Got more and more children and less and less time to watch football. <laughs> Who did Albion uh, take Roberto Di Matteo from? Mk Dons. Mk okay, Dons. He's yeah. got five. 2011. How many goals did Peter Odemwingie score in his first Premier League? Campaign. Fifteen. It was fifteen. Get in six. He was on fire. So he scored five successive games at the back end of the season. Kept Albion up.
1: Do with a few more pep. He showed him wingies in. He is the others. he
2: is the perfect striker for what Albion is missing. He'd be great. How many clean sheets in in 2011-12 Under Roy Hodson Gareth McCordy just been signed. Billy Jones was brought in. It's a good year for Manchester It was a a kind of a real, real solid defence with Jonas Olsen Liam Ridgewell.
1: I'm gonna go eleven.
2: All right, not quite as good as you thought. It was ten. But they kept shutouts against Chelsea, Liverpool, and Aston Villa.
1: They were were nice days.
2: And Wolves as well. What did Albion pay Blues for uh, in a permanent deal for Ben Foster? they had him on loan, of course, initially.
1: I'm going to get this wrong, but four million? It was four million.
2: Get in. That's outrageous business, isn't it? Four million quid doesn't get yeah, you anything these I days. I think
1: we've got a bit of uh, a bit of service out of him. Just a bit.
2: Albion Thrashed you don't hear that at the start of the sentence <laughs> no, too often no. these days. Albion Thrashed Sunderland 3 0 in September of the 2013 14 season. They did. They signed a lot of new players that summer. Which new signing didn't score? I'm going to give you your options here. Was it not Morgan and Stefan Cessignon, yeah, or Victor in and H oh, well, <laughs> Was Is it that predictable?
1: Whenever, whenever it's a non-scoring one, always go with an I find. <laughs> Safe or, bet. Or, or these days, Rondon. Yeah. Well.
2: Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair point. Where did Albion sign record signing at the time? Brandy Day from in 2014, fifteen
1: Locomotive Moscow.
2: It. Was not. Ah. in fact, you weren't even in the what right country. country. <laughs> it was uh, Dynamo Kiev, Plunkett, in Ukraine. I and think. I, I, th- I think. No, actually, some, it
1: up in China. There's some people in Moscow who think that is the same country, but we weren't
2: getting into politics. No, no, this is strictly sport. <laughs> uh, Albion beat Stoke in the last minute of the game in January 2016. Yeah. Who scored that last minute winner? Graham Dorans. No, Graham Diamonds wasn't even at the club.
1: No, I didn't think he was. <laughs> what an awful answer that was. No, mate.
2: Go on. when was it? It was Johnny Evans.
0: Oh, of course. Callum
2: McMahon's cross. Johnny Evans just managed to stick a leg out of the back post and poked it home. Oh, heady days when we just. Simpler times. It was. Uh, <clears throat> this is the last question. Final question. Who was Tony Pugh's first summer signing of the 16 17 campaign? Hmm. Clock's okay. yeah. ticking.
1: Uh, I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to accept it. I'm going to have to accept I am going to have to accept i do
2: not know that one. Who was it? It was Matty Phillips. Oh, Came in from QPR at the start of July for £5 million.
1: OK, so I got 8 out of 15, which would prove that I, uh, I used to know a bit about the Albion. And these days, I, uh, I spend my Saturday afternoons often um, cleaning up after children. But excellent quiz, Joe. Thank you for that. And, uh, and for those of you out there that had a go, um, why don't you get in touch and let us know how much better than me you did. You can get us at Woodman Podcast on Twitter, or you can contact myself or, uh, or Joe Chapman. And we do just want to generally hear your stories. This is an Albion storytelling podcast, so if you've got uh, a story to tell about West Bromwich Albion, get us in touch get in touch with us even uh, also subscribe and uh, and let us know if you think it's good or rubbish mm-hmm. uh, Joe thank you for joining us again today thank
2: you very much as always looking forward to next week
1: yes and uh, onwards and upwards for another Wooden Corner podcast next week thanks, thanks.